This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your hosts are Douglas Carr and Harrison Painter. Welcome to another in the MarTech Interview series. Uh, oh, hey, today's a special day. I have Jen sitting next to me. Hello. <laughs> and we have uh, we have one of our key clients and sponsors uh, for the Mar- MarTech blog. Uh, on the line, we have Brad and Marty from Never Bounce, a premier real-time email verification and email cleaning service provider. Brad and Marty, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And, and now, Brad, you're the CEO of Never Bounce. Tell us a little bit about Never Bounce. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, first of all, thank, thank you both for having us on today. I uh, really appreciate it. We've we had the pleasure of working with you guys for some time now, and it's always been great. So, um, you know, we've been in the email space a long time. So <clears throat> my background personally is in email marketing in general and the software development side of things. Uh, we ran an agency here in Cleveland uh, for about nine years. Um, so we, we are located conveniently in the Rust Belt that is slowly turning into a beautiful tech scene. So um, <clears throat> so the, the agency flourished over the years and uh, we, we continuously sent more email. So um, you know we kind of fell into the email verification world um, by virtue of needing a better product. Um, and you know I think that that's usually how some of the best products are built. Um, and without you know sort of being pretentious in that in that sense, um, you know, that's, that's really why Neverbounce uh, came together. So, um, you know, we, we were sending out email campaigns for, for all sorts of different companies and, um, you know, they were, you know, beginning to get in the range of 2 million emails a day, 5 million emails a day and so forth. And I think when you get to that, that, that level, you start having to build, you know, relationships with email service providers, um, and, and really sort of start carefully washing things. And, uh, in doing so, you know, you put a lot of effort into that. And, you know, we specifically came across this issue because uh, one of our particular sends sent out a 57% bounce rate for a very legitimate company. Uh, these were all opt-in emails. And uh, in doing so, our email service provider shut us down overnight. And that was pretty problematic for us, um, as, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. And so, you know, we actually built a beta product internally for our own use. Uh, we went out and started looking at different solutions. Uh, first and foremost, obviously, you know, I don't, I don't think any company wants to build a product if they don't have to. And, uh, you know, in doing so, we looked at all these different products and, you know, the landscape uh, had a handful at the time. Uh, it was about three years ago now. And, um, you know, as we were going through those different products, we just found that they all sort of lacked different qualities and, and none of them fit exactly what we needed as a company and what we thought people needed um, in terms of their sort of data hygiene and, and verification needs. And so, you know, when that bounce rate came back, ESP shut us down. It took about two months to rekindle that relationship. And it was a very strange experience. Um, and through that experience, we found that most of the providers we went to go work with, uh, the price of the service was actually more than what we were actually charging them to send the email. Um, support was pretty lackluster. Um, and there's some good companies out there. Um, but, you know, in, in, in all, we really had troubles getting a hold of people. And uh, once we did, we found out the price was just pretty exorbitant. And so, you know, between that and um, the accuracy and the speed, um, you know, we, we finally came back and we realized a lot of these companies were using FTP for uploading files and kind of some of these archaic technologies. And, you know, coming from the world of both marketing and software, where both of those sort of intertwined to technical marketing, we, we quickly realized that we 
that you know, if we were going to offer what we thought our clients should receive, we were going to have to build our own product. Um, and so, lo and behold, we did. And you know, in the process, we made our core values: speed, accuracy, price, and support. Um, and really, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's come down to just you know support and accuracy. Those are the most important aspects. Um, you know, price hasn't changed since day one. Uh, the speed has continuously gotten faster over time. Uh, you know, we, we process an average of about 10,000 records in just a few minutes. Um, and, you know, for, for anybody looking to verify large amounts of email, um, you know, we're, we're actually able to sort of handle, you know, millions and millions within a day threshold or 12 hours or whatever they might be looking for. With respect to that one customer that, that you had found, um, you know, from an agency standpoint, were they, were they looking at you that you might've been the problem on, on that bounce rate? Oh yeah, most definitely. And I think, you know, when they came on board, you know, that's, that's sort of the conversation that we had to have. Um, you know, most of the companies that you talk to, it, you know, especially in the agency world or anybody really handling, you know, data for clients, you know, you really become so close to these customers in terms of their data. Um, and, you know, in this particular instance, it was sort of just, you know, hey, is your data clean? Is it opted in? And the answer was yes and yes. Um, but I think I think what most people know is, you know, clean email has really changed. Um, so over the last 10 years, you know, that, that sort of terminology of what is a clean email has changed from traditional scrubbing, which is just the removal of, you know, the duplicates, so deduplication and, and removal of bad syntax per like RFC standards. So, you know, removing any sort of like ancillary um, symbols or anything from emails. That's what we used to look at as being a clean email. But the matter of the fact is, that stuff really doesn't matter anymore. Um, and most email service providers are going to remove that, you know, uh, to begin with. Um, so, you know, and that's actually, you know, we offer that sort of email cleaning for free, um, which is, you know, primarily called scrubbing. So, so can we go back to yeah. email verification and validation basics? Can you talk about, well, one, what is the difference between email verification and email validation? And then two, uh, so there's all these terms thrown around, valid, invalid, catch-all. Can you talk about that, uh, those differences and what they really mean when those result codes come back? Sure, that's an awesome question. So the first thing I'll hit is validation versus verification. <clears throat> when we first got into this industry, those, those two terms were very loosely defined, and I think everybody was really, really sort of using them interchangeably, but they're, very, they're two very different things. So to validate something um, is just to ensure that it is sort of the correct format. And so validating emails essentially is the scrubbing process. It's, it's to ensure that the email has an at symbol, it has a, um, you know, a TLD, a .com, .net, .org, um, and so it's just really looking for the structure. Do all those things exist? And if so, is it valid? Um, so that's the validation portion. The verification process is a little bit different depending on the company you work with. Our verification process is always real time. So we don't use any historical data. It's really important for us uh, for a couple different reasons. Number one, uh, we don't want to use any historical data from our own customers. We think that's really important. Uh, number two, these, these records change so frequently. Um, you know, emails go uh, into an invalid state. Um, at, at a rate of almost 30% over the course of a year as sort of an average between B2B and B2C data. 
So we actually check each email in real time. So you might check an email in the morning and you might check it in the evening and, and theoretically those, those could be different. We're, we're really one of the only companies that puts the type of resources into our server allocation to, uh, to do that. It's much cheaper to sort of keep information and, and, and work off of historical information, but ultimately you end up with uh, data that may be out of, out of date. So um, just going back a little bit, the difference between validation and verification, I went over validation. Verification is really this sort of granular process of ensuring that there is a recipient that will receive your email. So does the email actually exist? And that's done without sending any email to the customer. Um, and it's a pretty lengthy process. So there's some basics of it. So people that know what verification is, um, you know, they're gonna say, um, you know, well, that's an SMTP process, and they're absolutely correct. Um, so SMTP is definitely part of the process in identifying whether or not uh, somebody is quote unquote home. Uh, when you're checking an address. So we always like to look at that is verification process is a lot like, you know, knocking on somebody's front door, you know, is, are they home? So, um, you know, and, and, you know, if you knock, they say, hello, you know, there's somebody, there's somebody there. And so we, we see that as a valid address. Um, if they don't answer the door, it's an invalid address. There's a lot of different metrics that go into it. So our system launches a 12 point process. Um, so we're not only looking at that, we're looking at different footprints around the web. We're looking at uh, DNS, MX records, sort of a bunch of granular information about the actual domain name and server um, as opposed to just the email itself. Um, in order to do that accurately at a large scale, it takes a lot of resources. And so that's, that's sort of where the beauty of certain verification providers uh, shines and, and, and doesn't for others. Um, and you know, we, see, we see much more on the latter side of, of, of the spectrum. Uh, so let's go back to the different result codes. What does catch-all mean? What valid, invalid, what do all of those mean and why are they important? So <clears throat> at the end of the day, we want to show the highest accuracy for the sort of legitimacy of each email. An invalid email is an email that is going to bounce uh, almost always. Um, and so, uh, you know, if we break those down, a valid email is a valid recipient, somebody that is going to receive email that will not bounce back. And, um, you know, an invalid email is going to be the exact opposite of that, uh, an email that, that will bounce and the recipient does not exist. Catch-alls are really sort of interesting um, is an interesting category, and it causes a lot of problems for, for some organizations because a catch-all address is essentially a server that always responds with a valid response. So if you have a list with 100,000 emails and all of them are catch-all, you can safely assume that a majority of those will bounce, even though they all say that they're valid. So that, that sort of brings in sort of a tricky, tricky aspect to catch-alls. Um, there's, there's some really interesting sort of math equations that we offer uh, in sort of figuring that out in a, in a very easy and clear manner. Um, however, uh, that is a technology that I think the industry really has been looking for, and uh, we've been working on it now for over a year and a half in terms of really trying to identify at a greater level the, the catch-all spectrum of emails. Um, and that's something we, we do plan to, to roll out in 2017. And you have some stats directly on your homepage that talk about, so 30% of emails go bad in just one year. And if over 10% of your emails are bad, then less than 44% are delivered. So obviously verification is really an important part of deliverability. Can you talk a little bit about 
you know, the deliverability aspect and email and how the, you know, how, if your emails are not clean, how deliverability is impacted? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's, that's really the root of all this. Uh, and a lot of people use verification for different purposes, but deliverability was the reason we built it. Um, and deliverability is absolutely the primary purpose. And uh, that's really what we focus on is, is the mailing side of things and the deliverability side of things as a company. Um, I think different companies might focus on different things as to why verification might be used. So um, the quotes you rattled off, those, those are awesome. Um, and I think those actually originated from Email World 2013. I think Ryan Dyson said a couple things about it. Um, they've since been sort of mentioned a few other times in, in marketing material over the years. We've gone back, looked at the data, and everything's really on point there. If anything, it's degraded even further. So the landscape of deliverability continues to get worse. So you know, um, Return Path put out some information last year, uh, some some great stats on the degradation of inboxing. And so I, I believe we've lost about three or four percent in terms of the actual inbox deliverability between 2014 and 2015. That's a huge deal. So, Brad, what's the difference between inbox placement and deliverability? Awesome question. You know, that's that's a pretty big, pretty big misconception in the email world. And I think that um, most people will send out a campaign. And if you have a 15% bounce back on that list, for instance, it's assumed that you inboxed 85% of your email. So you assume that 85% of your email then went to an inbox and, and the individuals then had the opportunity to open it or click it or read more. And the matter of the fact is that is just not true. Um, unfortunately, the metric has sort of been vague, uh, vaguely represented over the years in, in, in the sense that everybody has this sort of false representation of how much mail is actually making it to their customers. And you know, we had to learn the hard way. Um, and, you know, I think once we realized what an incredibly large issue it was, it sort of led us naturally down this path of, of building a solution for it. But, you know, to go kind of back to the difference between the two things, um, you know, your bounce rate, as, as I had mentioned before, you know, you sort of have these two metrics that these email providers look for and their spam complaints and bounce rates. While we don't remove one of them, um, you know, we do remove the bounce rates and, and the bounce rates are going to be sort of your golden egg in terms of um, ensuring inbox deliverability. Um, there's a lot of different factors, like I mentioned before, in terms of subject lines and body content and so forth. But if you have a well-built campaign and, you know, you are, you are going per correct marketing standards and writing quality content and, you know, natural and organic information, um, to your customers, you shouldn't have an inbox problem. But that's that's the problem in itself, is that a lot of companies are having an issue there. Uh, and, and on a really grand scale. You know, we've worked with companies that you know, are sending out 10 or 20 million email blasts uh, for certain promotions. Uh, you know, large companies that we're all familiar with. Um, and when we actually go in to analyze what their previous sends look like and what their sends look like after using our service, uh, you know, they're the 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 metric that they oftentimes are completely startled by is the open rate, um, and because we don't have an inbox placement rate uh, that is very accurate, and and there's there's certainly products out there that that sort of offer a degree of that, um, but at the end of the day, they're just that's just not a part of the email landscape overall. So. You know, after using, uh, you know, if, if you are seeing on average 
you know, above a three to five percent bounce rate, you are being affected in some regard. And, you know, oftentimes that can be identified. So if you send out a campaign and it's 15 percent or so forth, um, you know, you you really inboxed most of your mail to a junk box and that's not the inbox you're looking for um and and so that's just by virtue of these sort of email providers you know receiving all this mail from you and i and saying hey you know most of these emails that are coming into us don't exist you must have bad data well and, and you know we don't we don't blame the person sending it um but all of a sudden you're in sort of this bad situation because you were trying to send mail there they are your customers um, and, you know, uh, we oftentimes see that most with uh, data that's maybe, you know, a couple years old. Um, but with the attrition rate of email, it's such a high percentage. Um, you know, this can happen to companies just in a year, six months. Um, and it really just depends on the company. But, you know, kind of going back to some of the, you know, some of these some of the larger companies that have sent, sent these campaigns out, you know, they may have been seeing a uh, five to eight percent open rate. And then they go through a cleaning process with older data. Maybe they were at a 20, 20%, 30% invalid rate. Uh, we remove all of those. They then send a clean campaign with all valid addresses. And they're seeing, you know, 20, 30% open rates. And really kind of back where they should be on those campaigns. And that was simply because, you know, it's not because their content's changed. It's just because the the, the box placement's changed. And that's just the difference between, you know, the, the spam box and the inbox. Uh, and... I'm certainly not checking my spam box. And if right. I am, it's just to delete everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious when a marketer signs up for your system. So let's say, let's say in that case, you've got a large retailer or something and they've got a list of 20 million. What is the hesitation that they have on getting rid of the invalids? Like, like I, I just see the email marketers out there. They have bosses that are telling them, Hey, you, we want you to grow the list by 10% this year. We want to grow you. There's always this, there, there's this inherent, uh, I don't know, ownership pride that we have a list that's this big. And then you go to clean it and you find out that 30% are invalid. Is, is there, is there a, a speed bump that you've got to get these guys over to go, okay, get rid of that 30% that are invalid? So um, I view this as a uh, education problem for marketeers. Having worked for an $11 billion publicly traded company as a CMO, the pressure was always on to make sure that our retailers were able to capture their audience. Yeah. Uh, whether it was digitally, they, they want a good omni-market strategy, uh, omni-channel strategy for their marketplace, and that's most important to them, is to be able to reach their customers wherever they are. Uh, the boastfulness uh, related to having you know a $20 million uh, user list is important to their bosses. Right. It was important to me, but at the end, when it came back to me, they would give me data that maybe wasn't on point with what Brad's saying, and I felt like, oh, that must be good, right? When in fact, as I'm learning now, it's actually not, right? You, you know, open rates and inbox rates and deliverability were never conversations that were had in my office. It was, you know, are we getting it out, and how many, and that's it, and I have five minutes for you to tell me. So the education of this industry, right, or the fact that email deliverability is an industry was shocking to me when I first met Brad. Yeah. I had no, I, I had no idea. Yeah. So, yeah. truth be told, is that uh, you know in corporations, uh, a lot of uh, the CMOS just aren't aware of the details, and I think that what Brad's doing with metrics delivered and never bonds is an education platform as well as creating a product, and, that, and that's most important to me uh, in joining Brad. 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really well said. And, you know, uh, Marty, Marty joins us from, from a very corporate world uh, and brings an element to the company that, you know, we, we didn't have previously. We, we, we came from the agency world. And so, you know, he's, he's been able to give us a lot of insight as to how these big companies really think about data, how they think about infrastructure. Um, and it's really interesting. Um, you know, they, they don't know they have a problem until they have a problem. And unfortunately, um, you know, we, we have a lot of customers that come to us um, and they're upset initially because they didn't realize they had a problem. And on top of that, we're going to remove 20% of their list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, so that's, that's, it's, that's our it's, problem. Yeah, right? that's, yeah, that's the problem. Uh, but, but unfortunately, if you kind of keep at it, you know, we always kind of go back and look at it like a credit score. You know, your, your, your domain name more now than ever. Um, you know, it used to be that if you sent out a bunch of emails and, um, you know, you're doing a blast and you had a bunch of bounce rates and so forth, you'd swap out IPs and you'd kind of, you know, go back to the sending process. That was 10 years ago and it started fading out about five years ago. And, uh, what we really see is that, you know, that reputation associated with your IPs is now associated with your domain name. And so some of the larger corporations, you know, or in medium sized, small business, whatever it might be. But we, we oftentimes see the most frustration from the larger organizations because all of a sudden the same email, you know, that's, that's being used to send out marketing information is causing problems for the sales team because, you know, they, you know, this, this, let's just say, say this airline is sending out, you know, large blasts to millions of users and they're bouncing a large amount of mail. Well, you know, they're willing to stomach that they aren't inboxing all of that mail. Uh, and they sort of are saying, Hey, well, we're just kind of cleaning these bounces in the process. Well, really what you're doing is you are detrimentally cleaning the bounces uh-huh. from your list. And in the process, hurting your sort of reputation uh, or sender reputation. There's, you know, a couple different terms that the industry uses, but essentially it's your, it's, it's your sending score. It's your, uh, and that's a, you know, that's a reputation management term. You know, there's, there's, um, you know, but, but ultimately it is, it is a, it's a score associated with your domain name. And so we find that, you know, all of a sudden their sales department and their procurement department and sort of all these departments within their organization are sending email to spam. And they're like, you know, why are we having these problems? And it's because, it's now associated with your domain name more than ever. Um, and, and because of that, it really has to come um, to sort of top of mind for companies to sort of proactively go out and fix the problem before they realize they have a problem. Um, and, you know, a lot of companies are going to recommend that you clean mail every month. Uh, we are not one of those companies. You know, we, we, we realize that, a, you know, a small amount of bounces is healthy. We actually guarantee that less than 3% of your emails will bounce in a send. Um, I, I, as far as I know, I think we're the only company that offers uh, sort of a guarantee on that front. Um, not totally sure, um, but uh, you know, we 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 really stand be- behind that. You know, it's it's really an accuracy thing for us um, because you know, working with those corporations or or whatever that might be, you know, sort of the frustration we were just talking about always comes back to well, are we getting rid of anybody that might potentially still be a customer? Right, and so we we sort of always fall on the side of caution. Um, so we're, we're not going to remove emails that we think could potentially still be good. Um, and those will actually fall into an unknown category that you can sort of verify at a later time. Um, so you know, there's a lot of pieces that go in into the, the whole process. Um, but at the end of the day, we're sort of in this weird eco space right now where verification became a thing probably seven to 10 years ago, just in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of theory, you know, this is this is 
you know, what it does and this is how it's helping. And really in the last five years, we just see it, you know, tremendously affecting campaigns uh, as the overall deliverability of mail, as far as the industry goes, continues to lower. Um, and, and moving forward in the industry is, you know, I've been reading a lot lately about the 360 degree view of the customer and a lot more larger, you know, retail organizations and enterprise organizations are building these incredible real time kind of data warehouses. And one of the biggest factors there is hygiene and turnover. And so it seems to me that there's another issue here, too, that that, you know, you can really uncover um some systemic issues in your internal processes if you're starting to see high high number of invalid you know email addresses in your systems this is why the education component is so important to not only retailers but uh, corporations enterprises in general small to medium businesses are most likely downstream from that yeah. uh, you know as in larger organizations we relied on our staff to let us know if this was a problem and again uh, you know, how quickly can I solve that problem and not ruin the numbers that I'm reporting to my boss, the CEO? So you know, they want to make sure that they have the reach and the penetration. Uh, in a lot of cases, they just don't want to know the details. So this education component uh, and making certain that uh, corporations and retailers are aware of this uh, ultimately helps them reach their audience more effectively uh, and in a very true and organic basis. And we'll eliminate that problem. But again, uh, you know, a year ago, I didn't know this existed and I had this problem. Yeah. I couldn't imagine you're, if you're a CMO at a large company like that and you're doing a ton of analysis on, you know, demographic profiling and behavioral profiling on your data, not knowing that 30% of your data is invalid. <laughs> you know, that, that's yeah. skewing the, uh, the statistical model quite a bit there. <laughs> I think it is as an allocation of time and... You know, so if you're a CMO inside a retailer and, and you're reporting to the street, to your constituents, to your boss, to your audience, I mean, you're, there's a number of factors that come in in an allocation of time. And depending on who's working downstream from you and what they're actually giving you for uh, results, uh, that can vary. And you'll see, you'll see retailers with great omni-channel strategies uh, and marketing channel strategies that reach their audience very well, like Starbucks. Um, and, and they do it well, and that, that's because most likely they are uh, cleaning their lists, right? Their deliverability is high. Uh, and then you'll find others that just absolutely struggle. Brad, I liked what you said. You know, if you're doing it right, you shouldn't have to verify every single month. Obviously, there's a lot of best practices out there to try to keep the list clean before the point of verification. Um, so, for example, double opt-in versus single opt-in uh but there's some arguments out there that you know double opt-in you have a drop-off of people confirming uh, and therefore you're losing that lead or that potential lead uh, what would you say to the people who um, make that argument and want to keep the single opt-in uh, versus the people who might want to go with the double opt-in process and are losing those leads you know, double opt-in always felt invasive, right, to me. It was like, was once not enough. Like, what am I doing by clicking that second time? <laughs> I agree. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, the double opt-in process, I think, is pretty well documented in terms of failing a lot of companies. Um, that being said, it is a best practice. Um, and I think, you know, best practices are set out for a reason. So, you know, companies that are able to double opt-in, 
in an appropriate manner, normally at the time of sign up uh, and create a natural process through it, uh, you know, they succeed in doing so. Companies that take a list they haven't sent to in 10 years and go and try to do a double opt-in process with are going to have a really rude awakening. Um, and, and I think the same goes for cleaning email. So that, that really ties directly into sort of our two offerings. So, you know, we talked about the frustration uh, involved with running a list and finding out that 30% of your contacts are bad. And all of a sudden your boss is like, wait, what happened to 30% of our contacts? Well, they didn't kind of really exist to begin with because they've all changed emails. Um, but that's kind of easier said than explained. So the answer to that on the verification side is point of entry verification. So we offer two different you know, products and, and, and they essentially both do the same thing, but they're, they're handled in different ways. Um, so sort of the first flavor of Neverbounce is our dashboard or bulk uh, verification. That is for someone that has a list that's already been created and they're looking to verify that in bulk. Um, that could be old data, new data, whatever it might be, but it's in the format of a list that can be uploaded via bulk API. Um, it could be uploaded uh, via the dashboard. In uh, either way, we're going to clean that bulk list. The second method, and really the most proactive way to verify emails, is really the the segment that is just really now starting to become much more apparent in terms of. Uh, the educated market is point of entry verification. And so the other way to connect our system is to verify an email in real time. And so you actually connect our API, we have a JavaScript widget, we have webhook, uh, there's sort of a handful of different ways to integrate um, our, our, our solution to verify an email as it's being entered. Uh, there are big box retailers using our software for that. Um, you know, registration forms on websites, newsletter signups, credit application. Um, and so really what that does is it solves the problem while the problem is happening. So a really good example is some of the call centers that we work with. Um, you know, they, they, they are sort of in this weird, weird world where they are still on the phone talking to people, but they are sort of taking this digital information from people. So they always have to ask for an email, we'll send you a receipt. And oftentimes those emails are mistyped. Um, or, uh, you know, uh, simply invalid emails altogether. Maybe somebody's trying to get a promotion using a fake email. I know a few people that have done that before. Um, and, uh, you know, essentially our, our solution then verifies those at the point of entry in less than a second. So, you know, that is the real solution to ensuring that you reach your customers is making sure that you have their email correctly when it's entered. Uh, that can't always be the case for some companies, but what we oftentimes is that, of, what we oftentimes see is that the companies that are most prepared for what's coming in terms of deliverability over the next ten years are preparing by cleaning their existing database through a bulk method and integrating point of entry verification to be proactive moving forward. And if you handle both of those segments. You, you, you really are set up for success in ensuring that you have the proper emails from your customers and ensuring that you have a low bounce rate uh, for deliverability purposes. And, and this education will help corporations and enterprises alike get over the fact of giving up their database to anyone, just anyone. I think you know legitimizing and educating in this area helps them because the database is the thing they, they covet the most, that they protect. They protect it like dollars. So these have to be secure methods for them. Well, and it automates the process, right, Brad? We, we just, you know, took care of this for you. So, you know, we're going through a list and automating, okay, whenever there's an email and it 
and the verification status changes from valid to invalid, it's automatically removed from our the list now. Yep. And uh, you know, for even for small and medium sized businesses that can afford, you know, there's tools out there for you know small medium sized businesses for marketing automation softwares. They have the ability to integrate with both Neverbounce and their email service providers to do those sorts of actions to take those invalids off their list so people don't even have to think about it anymore. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, that kind of ties into what was going to be my next question. Do you think, um, you know, verification should be tied in at point of entry? And you kind of answered that for me. <laughs> Thanks for taking that question. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we yeah, got that. most definitely. Obviously, you know, you talked a little bit uh, at the beginning, you know, your four core values, uh, but you definitely stepped into a really, really competitive landscape. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you've overcome that? I mean, even even in a short period of time, you guys have done really well for yourselves. So can you talk a little bit? about how Neverbounce has still come out as a premier email verification provider and, you know, where are you going to go moving forward? We did. We, we, uh, we fell into a very competitive landscape. And um, I think anytime you do that, you really have to set yourself aside with quality and support. Um, you know, we all buy a lot of stuff from Amazon, but there's no mistake that when you call them, they have fantastic support. And it, the quality of their service is fantastic. And I think, it, I think it'd be hard for anybody to say that that's not the case. So, you know, whether we're selling verification or something else, I, I think that, you know, ultimately those had to be the two most important factors. Speed and price were the other two core values that we sort of set out. And those were really sort of internal values. Those were values that we didn't see in the marketplace that were important to us as an agency. The price was really important because we had to be able to resell it to our customers. Uh, the speed was really important because you know we're now able to turn around a list in two hours that we waited two weeks for uh, just uh, two years ago. So <clears throat> you know, and, and time sensitive. I think anytime somebody's sending mail, they oftentimes are already behind schedule. It sort of seems like the nature of sending email uh, is that you know you schedule email, but uh, a lot of companies are sort of up against the gun to get mail out. So it's pretty important to have the verification process work quickly to get this stuff out. Um, in terms of the competitive landscape, you know, I'd like to say that it's been really difficult for us, but I think you know really focusing on those elements has created a really powerful referral basis for us. You know, we, we find that most of the companies we work with are continuously telling other companies about us. Um, maybe they had used somebody previously in the past. Um, you know, and, and for us, there's, there's not a lot of, um, you know, there's not a lot of animosity. I mean, our competitors, we, we've kind of always tipped our hat to the companies that have been in the space prior to us, even if their solutions weren't what we thought should be provided. Because ultimately, they're educating a market, and it's going to take a lot more than one company to really bring everybody up to speed in terms of how important deliverability is, and specifically how important hygiene and verification is to that process. Um, so with that being said, you know, how did we kind of get to where we are? You know, I, I, I'd like to say I had a magic answer and some incredible marketing plan. Um, you know, we were a marketing agency, so we do know a couple things about getting in front of people. Um, but, you know, I think, I think the, 
the real basis for kind of how we've how we've grown to almost twenty five thousand users in uh, two years is really accuracy and support. Uh, and accuracy is really synonymous with quality. Um, Oftentimes when companies come in and say, you know, hey, you know, I found you guys and maybe two other companies, what's the difference? Um, and, you know, I will say there's, there's, a, there's a couple main differences and, and really the number one thing we ask anybody to do is just to run a list across both of them um, and look at the accuracy difference for yourself. Accuracy um, is, is just so incredibly important to us because, you know, early on, um, I had an email misclassified, uh, sort of for these customers, there were a handful of emails misclassified, but one of them was about a quarter million dollar customer. And, um, you know, it was, it was immediate, you know, they're sort of going through the list and saying, Hey, you know, we just wanted to pull out the top 10 customers. And one of them happened to be marked as invalid. And we're like, how could that be? Uh, you know, so the, you know, that misclassification comes down to accuracy. And that's something that we have really focused on really primarily uh, because we find it so important to not lose existing customers uh, in, in the cleaning process. And, and really, I mean, our goal is to ensure that you do reach your customers. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty important factor. So at the end of the day, I would say we, it's really come down to those two things. Um, you know, the referral base, our, our, our customers and clients have just been uh, phenomenal to us over the years. Uh, they've really helped us sort of proliferate our brand and, and sort of help uh, the awareness of the landscape overall. Um, but, you know, one other thing that I was going to mention that, that has set us aside in sort of the landscape is that, you know, uh, one thing you'll find with cleaning companies is that oftentimes you upload your list and, and you go through a cleaning process and it's sort of a surprise at the end. What, what is, what is the invalid rate, uh, going to look like? And, and, you know, that's, that's, that's not really something that you want to be surprised about. And so we, we did build in to our, we, we built into our system early on a free analysis. And so the analysis allows anybody with any list, doesn't matter what size, it could be 10 million, 20 million, a hundred, a thousand, doesn't matter. You can, you can log onto the site with a free account, upload the list and actually analyze it for free. And we'll come back and tell you what the estimated bounce rate is for that list. That way you're not wasting money verifying data that doesn't need to be verified. Um, you know, maybe the list has been sent recently and, and, you know, it's fairly clean. Um, you know, whatever the case might be, but that analysis function to us is just a way of being really transparent um, and and sort of standing behind the accuracy through this sort of channel of support by by offering that sort of free service to people, um, and and that way you can kind of get into the landscape and, and kind of understand if you have a problem before you go down the road of of just assuming that you do have one. Um, and and last but not least, you know, the people. Um, we have really an incredible team here. Uh, our, our team was built off of sort of the, the, the original members of our agency. So, you know, we had this, this really pretty awesome agency team and would never bounce, you know, grew to a point where we, we had this sort of like internal beta product and we started letting other, um, agencies around and marketing groups start using the product. And, you know, the feedback was so good that we said, well, maybe we should, you know, beta launch this. Um, because before we knew it, all the agencies in Cleveland were using our product that wasn't available for anybody. We ended up having to, you know, put it up on a server and start adding some bandwidth to it. And we sort of ended up with a product before we knew it. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it grew so quickly once we put a beta product up that, uh, you know, we kind of went through the process of selling our agency and taking this on full time. And it's something we're really passionate about. So, you know, 
it, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it's grown really well, but you know, the infrastructure of the system and, and being able to pull off sort of those core values requires a really intimate team. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we definitely have that here, um, uh, because we've all worked together for a long time. I also, I also think that humanizing a company like Neverbounce is important. The fact that you can pick up the phone, call in and get support from a real person in real time is absolutely important to somebody that's skeptical about it, an industry where education is now occurring. You don't know. And there's a lot of players out there that, like your study says, don't pick up the phone. I can tell you that the phone is always answered uh, during business hours and the people are very accommodating. And I think that, you know, technology aside, I think we're always drinking from a fire hose, but not having the insight or the right tools or the right people to help you with those tools is paramount. So if you do have that the way uh, it happens here, uh, your success is uh, almost assured. Yeah, and and for uh, for folks listening, we did a uh, we did some research on um, basically a bunch of e- email validation and verification services. Um, it's been a quite a popular post on the marketing tech blog. I think one of our largest, um, actually one of our biggest posts from a traffic standpoint. And um, and part of the problem in talking to Brad and educating ourselves on the industry was that you you run into a lot of problems with these these companies that some of these companies are shell companies that don't have any terms of service or privacy statements. Uh, so you have no idea whether they're reselling your data or utilizing it, you know, for some, um, some other reason. Um, some of them don't reside in countries that have um, data and privacy laws. Um, so you're running into that. And then the last thing was, you know, do they even respond to, you know, contact requests? And we actually tested every single one. And so we've really limited that, list down to the to the professional companies that um kind of passed all of those uh aspects and and of course um and then and then we should say you know i mean we're fully disclosed that you guys are a sponsor of the blog and and a client but we have done some head-to-head tests though where never bounce you know definitely came out ahead you know as far as data cleanliness on on our list hygiene projects so um, I want to put that out there too. And, and I, and I, I, I mean, I think Brad's open to this too. test them. <laughs> right? Absolutely. You'll yeah. Go, bring you'll it go on. Head we, you know, we invite the comparison. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, we, 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 we love the testing process. Um, it's, it's fun to come out on top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we, we, we really, we really, uh, you know, you know, beside those four core values, you know, we, we, we'd sort of, you had just brought up some good points about sort of, data privacy and security and so forth. Those aren't even things that we normally like to talk about, but we take extremely seriously. Um, so, you know, we, we actually offer, um, we offer server allocations with in, in compliance with uh, European Data Council regulations. Um, so you can actually run data out of Frankfurt, Germany. Um, so we, we do a lot of things on the back end to ensure that we're compliant from a data privacy aspect and a security aspect. Uh, both really important uh, pieces to us. So uh, thanks for thanks for bringing that up as well. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and for listeners right now, um, you just go to neverbounce.com and you guys have a call to action right right there on the page to try it for free and analyze your te- analyze your list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it, you know, give it a shot. See what your data looks like. Um, you know, there's really no strings attached there, and um, you know, we we won't bug you. Just uh, you know, you can you can upload your data and uh, you know see what it looks like and see what the landscape of of, of your current data looks like. Uh, you know, it's it's a great way to kind of get started. 
Well, thank you so much, Brad and Marty, for joining us. Uh, this was amazing. So, uh, how? So, obviously, go to neverbounce.com. You know, analyze your list, do some testing, uh, check out the marketing tech blog post about all the different verification providers and test them to see the difference. Um, and anything else you guys want to add? Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> no, that's, that's, it's been awesome. And, and thanks so much for the opportunity to talk and, uh, you know, kind of further the education of deliverability. It's it's super important. And, and you know, kudos to you guys for, for really taking it seriously um, because it's it's really a big problem that's affecting kind of all companies right now and uh, needs to be taken seriously. And, uh, you know, and, you know, my shameless plug is to do a free analysis yeah. uh, and just see if it's affecting your company. Well, and we, we did it with our own list and it is. So yeah. uh, we've been working on that. So thank you. Yeah. Most definitely. Thank you both. Have a great day. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.